Hello, Bengal, Steeler, Raven, and Brown fans. You know what that means today. We're talking a little AMC North on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in Alex to discuss the AMC North, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all, all the visual breakdown in NFC North was last week, today, NFC. AFC North next week will be NFC South, so please check it out. Also, check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, Alex, before you join the LIV tour, SpaceX, or some other space program we've never heard of, are you ready to discuss AFC North? I am ready to discuss the AFC North, Dylan. It's, uh, you know, one of the most, most storied, uh, rivaled. Uh, divisions in the NFL, you know, the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals have been fighting it out for as long as we can remember, and it's been one of the most competitive divisions in the NFL for a long time. So uh, I'm excited to break it down and uh, talk about what the 2022 season looks like for these teams. Yeah, when I think AFC North, I think of rivalry, I think bruise, I think blood, and I think some, and I think some, uh, Sore tempers because anytime there's an AFC North game, somebody's liable. Somebody's liable to throw a helmet, throw a punch, or maybe throw a football. At a, throw a football. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, the history of these of these teams. I mean, we've got the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed days. We got the Jerome Bettis days. I mean, it's it's been a, a long time where this division is. Uh, kind of standing on top of things. So I'm uh, excited to talk about uh, what this upcoming season has in store for these four teams. Well, in one of the biggest surprises of 2021, probably the biggest, the Cincinnati Bengals won the AFC North and came within a couple minutes of winning the Super Bowl. So uh, I know what I'm, I like about the Bengals team, but uh, do you agree with me on uh, what you like about the Bengals? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess we're about to find out. You know, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl last season. Fortunately, they weren't able to get it done. But uh, you, you got to think as a Super Bowl uh, reigning team, they've got to uh, be pretty well poised to be set up into the 2022 season. Also, I will say one of my favorite things that the Cincinnati Bengals did was specifically last season um, when we were looking at the draft. It, was, it seemed to be a toss-up between either going uh, off his line with Rashawn Slater or Peanut Sewell or going with Joe Burrow's buddy and Jamar Chase. We all know which direction they went, and we all know how well it panned out for them. And this season, obviously, we saw them take a little bit more of a approach that some people thought that they might have taken last season and really upgraded that offensive line. And that's the number one thing that I'm definitely happy with when it comes to the Bengals. I mean, they brought over Leo Collins from Dallas stalwart tackle i mean the man led that that top level dallas cowboys offensive line for a very long time oh at least a couple of years he's been it seems like he's been uh there for so long because of how well that offensive line has always been in dallas but um they brought him in which is going to be a huge addition uh to help out joe burrow's blind side they also brought in alex kappa from tampa bay uh another really uh a really solid interior offensive lineman we know how well um, the offensive line matters when it comes to Brady because he's obviously not the most mobile guy. So 
any offensive lineman that's protecting Brady knows how to uh, protect the quarterback. So I think mainly those two additions uh, on that offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals is what I'm really the most excited about to see the, the difference between uh, last year and this year. So definitely the offensive line and really just keeping keeping that team together as as if it was going to be really that hard because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are still on rookie deals, but you still have T Higgins, you still have Tyler Boyd, you still have Joe Mixon. You know, it, it, it seems like the Bengals are set up to have a, a, a pretty similar look uh, at what they had last year. Do you agree with my, uh, with my favorite parts of the Cincinnati Bengals team? Well, let's see. Cincinnati doesn't have one of the deepest wide receiver cores. How about maybe the best one, two, three wide receiver trio in football? Jamal Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. I mean, we all saw what Jamal Chase did as a rookie in LSU. He decided leagues. I mean, I remember that week, uh, what was it, week 17 game when he won me a fantasy league. And, he, and I think he's still catching passes from Burrow in that, that game. But um, Jamal Chase is stud. I think T. Higgins is a real underrated wide receiver. And Tyler Boyd can do a little bit of everything, block, he can, run over the middle, can catch some big passes. So the Bengals have not just one of the league's best young quarterbacks, but a great young offense together with Joe Mixon. There's a lot to like about this Bengal offense. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, it's, it's definitely a lot more pluses than minuses. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year, so you have to assume um, that they're going to be at least competitive, at least competing for the, for the division title, if not another AFC title and another Super Bowl title. So it's all, it seems like it's all pluses for now for the Cincinnati Bengals, but, you know, it not, might not always be that case. I want to hear some things that uh, that might worry you, at least in the slightest, for uh, the reigning AFC champion. Well, one, the Cincinnati Bengals gave up 55 sacks last year. And uh, if you watch the playoffs, uh, Joe Burrow, Tennessee sacked Joe Burrow nine times. And the Rams got him a fair few times, too. So, obviously, the question is, can the Bengals protect Burrow? Because you can't have be sacked 70 times. Otherwise, they'll turn the David Cole 2.0. Secondly, uh, we've seen Super Bowl hangovers with a few of these teams. I mean, look at the Rams after they lost to New England and Atlanta. Guess what happened the last, guess what happened the last, the next year? Didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about that. Did, did you have more to add to that? Yeah. And uh, generally, you don't lose a Super Bowl and come back and win the Super Bowl. I'm trying to think of teams. I know the Cowboys did a Super Bowl five, Super Bowl six, and in Miami did a Super Bowl six before the undefeated season in 72. But hmm. teams don't generally go from losing the Super Bowl to winning the next year. So plus the Cincinnati Bengals haven't exactly been the most consistent franchise. You've seen them once in a blue moon do well in the late 80s, early 90s, the uh, 80s, early 90s with Kenny Anderson, Boomer Sison, and then the Andy Dolan teams, which always seem to lose either the Chargers, Steelers, or Texans in the wild card round. So can the Bengals get over 
a crappy inconsistency? <laughs> that is the question. I mean, you know, it's as as everyone knows. Last uh, last year, they won their first playoff game for the first time in thirty years. So they've at least broken the inconsistency when it comes to winning playoff games. Uh, so hopefully, at least for Bengals fans, that changes. I think. You know, obviously, you bring up the sacks. I think up the the two upgrades at the at their offensive line should, with all with under all logical reasoning, lower that number as long as they stay healthy. Um, the biggest concern I have for the Bengals this season is really you got to think. I mean, I think most of our followers know how the NFL se- uh, scheduling works. When you win your division, you're going to be playing against the other division winners and across the league. So the biggest concern I have for the Bengals, honestly, the, uh, for this season is the second half of their schedule. I mean, you, you look at them, they've got a week 10 bye, then they've got a, a, a road playoff game at Pittsburgh, uh, not a road playoff game, a road divisional game at Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but uh, then they have to travel to Tennessee and go up against Derrick Henry. Then they're home against the Kansas City Chiefs home against the Cleveland Browns, who may or may not have Deshaun Watson at that point. We still don't know. Then they have to travel at Tampa Bay and face the Gronkless Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we just learned yesterday. Gronk has officially announced his retirement. Uh, then they have to travel up to New England in a uh, late uh, game. And you know how, how hard it is to play against New England in New England uh, in those November, December months. Then home against the Buffalo Bills, who are obviously one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. And then they finish out the season with a home game against the Baltimore Ravens, who should, under all assumption, be better than they were last season. So it's definitely a tough uh, second half of the stretch of their schedule. They need to win those early games because if the Bengals let any of those games slip at the beginning of the season, it's going to be a lot harder for them to, uh, A, win the win the division, B, get to the playoffs, and C, get back to the Super Bowl, which you know Bengals fans are hoping they're going to be able to do. Meow! <laughs> But uh, I think we should move on to team number two that we will be talking about in this division, the Baltimore Ravens. Wait a minute. I thought uh, we were doing the Steelers. Oh, we were doing the Steelers next. That's right. Sorry about that, Don. All right. Well, we are uh, going over to uh, the city of Bridges, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I want to hear, uh, Dylan, what do you have to like about the Pittsburgh Steelers this season? Well, it seems like Pittsburgh's always got a dominant defense, no matter if it's the Steel Curtain era, James Harrison, Troy Palomalo today, and T.J. Watt is unblockable. You cannot block. I I don't know how you even I don't know how you even chip him because you can put two guys, three guys, the whole defense on him. He still makes plays. I mean, he almost broke the sack record last year. Didn't even play all seventeen games. Yeah, T.J. Watt is an absolute monster. I mean, he's obviously there's some, <laughs> something special that runs in the bloodlines of that family because him and his brother J.J. are are some two of some of the biggest freaks of nature on defense I've ever seen. Yeah, you imagine you imagine both Watts, all three Watts on one team. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not a defense, or I mean, that's not that's not a brotherhood that I would want to be going up against if I'm in if I'm in the NFL. I mean, it's just two of, especially I mean, TJ and, and JJ. No, no disrespect to their other brother, but uh, I think those two guys alone could carry an NFL defense. And um, you know, fortunately for the rest of us uh, NFL fans, we don't 
it doesn't look like at least in the near future we'll have to see that problem anytime soon but um as far as I mean as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers you know obviously that defense they've always had a good defense they're going to continue to have a good defense um one name you didn't bring up Mike Minka Fitzpatrick who just got paid uh is another absolute stud on that defense I mean you've got TJ Watt as on that pass rush but man it's got to be a scary sight for opposing quarterbacks when you got TJ Watt hunting you down and then you've got a ball hawk like Minka Fitzpatrick and uh, the defensive secondary. So wait a minute, a- wait a minute, you, wait a minute. You only saying Minka Fitzpatrick because he played in the three or five for an hour. Oh, trust me, I'm not a very big Minka Fitzpatrick fan. Um, the way that our relationship ended was not on the greatest of terms. So that just that should tell you how big uh, of respect I have for Minka Fitzpatrick just based on a player. As far as, pers- as far as personally, not the biggest Minka Fitzpatrick fan anymore. Uh, you know, he uh, wanted to leave Miami because apparently we couldn't uh, find a position for him. And then when he joined the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was very happy that they didn't try to move him around to every other position. So, you know, it just seemed like it was a little, little bit of a contradictory uh, on Minka Fitzpatrick's part. But the kid is a baller. I mean, he's a superstar in the making out of the safety position. And when you've got a pass rush like TJ Watt and, and a ball hawk safety like Minka Fitzpatrick, it's definitely going to cause some problems for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also haven't said much about Najee Harris. I mean, one of the best young running backs in the NFL. He is going to be crucial for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season because obviously with uh, – one of the most confusing and complicated quarterback rooms I think the NFL has seen uh, or is looking at this season and getting rid of Juju Smith-Schuster, sending him uh, with him joining the Kansas City Chiefs. Najee Harris is going to be the number one guy on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense that that is going is going to be winning them football games and is going to be scoring the most, the most amount of points. Obviously, you do have Chase Claypool, um, who is another really solid receiver option, but you know, I'm going to let you talk about this quarterback situation because I don't want to take up all the time. But, you know, it, it's definitely a scary spot to be in uh, uh, replacing ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Well, yeah, for the first time since 2004, the Pittsburgh Steelers need a new quarterback because Big Ben's retired. So uh, who do you think wins the quarterback duel between Mitchell Zabisky and Kenny Pickett? Not even going to throw Mason Rudolph in there. You don't think Mason Rudolph has a shot? Next. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say to start, it. Uh, I, I have to put my money on uh, Mitchell Trubisky just because of the NFL experience. I mean, Kenny Pickett, you never know. I mean, who knows? The biggest knock on him is his hand size, which I think, yes, you do want a quarterback with big hands typically. I mean, to be able to grip the football so it doesn't get strips, you can get a, a good amount of, grip for your velocity and everything like that accuracy all all that noise but i think it, it might be a bit of an overrated stat or, or not even a stat a, a measurement um you know i think i think kenny pickett has potential i think you know it's it's a nice feel-good story where he played for the for uh pittsburgh and that and he gets drafted by pittsburgh you know he's a local boy he's uh black and gold it seems like bleeds through and through but i i think Mitch Trubisky, even though I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a very good quarterback, and I don't think he is the future at all for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think if I had to put my money on it as of now, day one, 
I think Trubisky will take at least take the season, uh, start the season as a starting quarterback. But I would not put it past um, the Pittsburgh Steelers in, and because I don't expect them to have a very good this year this year, I think they're going to be painfully average. I don't think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I definitely don't think they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. I think they're going to be right smack dab there in the middle. I think eventually throughout the season, they might make that change to Kenny Pickett, but I do think Mitch Trubisky starts the season at the quarterback position. I will say both guys can move. And if you watch Big Ben toward the end of his career, he couldn't move. And I think having a little extra mobility, stay in place, will help everybody. It'll make, it'll make a Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fry move very interesting. And make the Steelers could be a borderline playoff team. I mean, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know about playoffs, Dylan. I think – you know, Mike Tomlin never having a losing season has a lot to do with the fact that Big, Big Ben Roethlisberger has been his quarterback for the last, what, 15? I, I, when did Mike Tomlin take over? I mean, I feel like it's been at least 10 years now or so. It's been over um, 15. Yeah, fit, at least. So, you know, obviously, yes, it's nice that Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Everyone knows that. But, I mean, coming into a, a new era of Pittsburgh Steelers football, I don't see – as talent, as they do have a lot of talent this season, but I, I mean, when, when your biggest concern is the quarterback position, that's not a great position to have as your biggest concern. So, I mean, I, I think this season, you can't go eight and eight, eight and eight anymore, but I think this season screams seven and nine, nine and seven, kind of all over it. And unfortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are in a loaded AFC this year. So I think it's just too many cooks in the kitchen or not cooks in the kitchen. That's a bad analogy, but just too many, too many good football teams contending for that last uh, wild card spot. And I just, I don't see the the Steelers with either Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, or Kenny Pickett really being able to uh, beat some of those other uh, bubble teams in the AFC. But uh, that's our, that's my two cents on the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Okay, from one AFC North rival to another, how about the Baltimore Ravens? So find me a team that dealt with more injuries than the Birds last year. But uh, would you agree with me in saying that Lamar Jackson may be the, may be the guy who, who sees – who maybe – who – has got the most say in the AFC North because we saw what he's capable, we've seen what he's capable of doing both running and throwing. But last year dealt with injuries, dealt with COVID, and now he's on the last center, last year of his rookie deal. So do we see the Lamar Jackson who's an MVP candidate or was last year maybe the beginning of the end was last year maybe well the beginning of the malls the end of the malls dominance you know it's a great question obviously like you just said I mean it's a contract year and contract years are huge for NFL players because I mean you know everything's about that guaranteed money in the NFL these contracts can be broken at any point in time it seems like in the NFL so you're really trying to get that 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 guaranteed money obviously quarterback money there's nothing like it um so Lamar Jackson needs to have a big year this year if he wants to get one of those 
ridiculous quarterback offers. So, you know, the motive uh, is there for Lamar Jackson. I think, as as you said, the Baltimore Ravens dealt with tremendous injuries last season. You can't imagine it's going to be as bad this year. But you still have to have concerns where you look at the team and you think, well, if half their team is coming back from injury, are 80% of those guys, 70% of those guys, 60% of those guys going to, going to be able to stay healthy this season and be able to, uh, you know, fully recover and, and, and not have any setbacks or major setbacks uh, in this upcoming season. You know, another problem that the Ravens had last season was drops. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know that they mo- must have been near the top of the league in, in drop passes last season. Paul, Hollywood Brown himself must have accumulated a majority of those, which they have, <laughs> as we know. I mean, it seemed like every time there was a deep ball thrown to Hollywood Brown, it was either a touchdown or bounced off his hands. I mean, it, it just, I, I remember having him in fantasy last season and thinking how many more matchups I could have won. He would have just held on to the dang ball. But, you know, uh, they, <clears throat> I think the Ravens got great value for Hollywood Brown. You know, he was a young receiver. He, he had, signs of potential but I didn't think he was that proven and they were able to get a first round pick for, for uh, Marquise Brown so I think that was a good uh, business transaction for them I think the Baltimore Ravens need some of their younger receivers to step up I mean they've got Tylen Wallace they've got Rashad Bateman um, those guys really need to come to Lamar Miller or Lamar Miller oh my god uh, really need to come to Lamar Jackson's uh, aid this season and be able to make those catches make those contested catches make those deep ball throws because you can't be one-dimensional when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone knows that Lamar Jackson is a mobile quarterback. Everyone knows that he wants to take off and run. You're going to put a QB spy on him every play. The way to break that down is to be able to effectively have those deep pass plays to really have to keep the defense on their toes. But, you know, I love the Tyler Lindebaum pick for the Baltimore Ravens. I wanted Miami to come back into the first, late first round to draft him. I think he's going to do uh, – uh, give give major help to that offensive line for the Ravens and keeping Lamar Jackson healthy. So, um, you know, I do think, you know, I think Lamar Jackson, I think the the Ravens do come back this season. I think they are, as long as they can stay healthy and, and be, I mean, at least 50% healthier than they were last season, we should see a much better Baltimore Ravens this season. I will say this. I am worried about Baltimore to, to, key pieces of Baltimore's offense. One, how are the Ravens going to replace Marquise Brown? Because it seemed like, I mean, yeah, Baltimore's offense is one where the receiver position sort of, sort of nullified with how much they run the ball. And true, does Ronnie Stanley stay healthy? Because he's not been healthy the last two years. And when healthy, Stanley may be the best left tackle in football. So if he's healthy and the Ravens can find a can replace Hollywood Brown, I think Baltimore's still somewhat decent. We'll see whether or not they win the AFC. Right. And I just gotta throw J.K. Dobbins in there too, because uh J.K. Dobbins is a talented young running back, but he has to stay healthy as well. But time to move on from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh let me see. Yeah, uh, I think you're up. I'm up. Never mind. Uh, moving on to, to the team with one of the biggest headlines of this offseason, the Cleveland Browns. Everyone knows the big Sean Watson news. What everyone and what no one knows is how it's going to affect his eligibility for this upcoming season. What do you think of the, the almost the new circus that is the Cleveland Browns this season? 
why do the Cleveland why are the Cleveland Browns always in the news with their crappy quarterback situation? <laughs> Great question, Dylan. I mean, I mean, goodness knows what happens with Deshaun. First off, what happens with Baker Mayfield? Because I've heard rumors in Seattle, Carolina. It seems like one. Baker Mayfield's played his last down in Cleveland. But two, it's not a question of if Deshaun Watson suspended, but for how long? Because I mean, he's got practically half this. He's got practically half the city of Houston Texans suing him, hmm. or at least half the massage falls in Houston suing him. I think Deshaun yeah. settled. 20 of the 24 lawsuits, but there may be more. Right. But uh, let's just say Deshaun is suspended a half seat and eight games. What happens to Cleveland's quarterback situation if Baker's in Charlotte or Seattle? And Oh, gosh. And Deshaun... Sean misses half a, se- a half season. That would mean Jacoby Brissett's potentially starting. And one of our and one of our teams knows what what happened when Jacoby Brissett started last year. And that, thankfully, it wasn't my Jags. It was your Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I can tell you, Cleveland Browns fans, if you're listening to this. You don't want Jacoby Brissett playing any more football games that he has to be this season because unless you are consistently getting a fourth and inches, that really seemed like that was the only thing Jacoby Brissett was good for when it came to the Miami Dolphins last season. I mean, inaccuracy, terrible decision-making, turnovers, holding the ball too long, getting stacked, getting strip sacked, throwing bad interceptions. Jacoby Brissett is a mess. He was, I mean, obviously he's had a somewhat successful career in the NFL. He looked, he was decent for the Colts. He was decent for the Patriots, but I think Jacoby Percet is way past his prime. I think I, and I, unfortunately for Browns fans, I think the Browns think they're set at the quarterback position because I think that they must, they, I, I don't know if they didn't watch any Dolphins tape last year, but uh, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL anymore. I'm very thankful he's off the Miami Dolphins, and uh, I think it's uh, it, it draws up a lot of pain for Cleveland Browns fans this season, this upcoming season if Jacoby Brissett has to play more than half the season because I just don't I don't think he's got it in him anymore. Do you think Baker Mayfield is done? In, you think Baker Mayfield's done in Cleveland? Hundred um, percent. I I don't think if every quarterback on the Cleveland Browns roster went down to, to injury or COVID. I don't think Baker Mayfield would put on a Brown jersey again. I mean, he, I think he feels extremely disrespected by the franchise. They pretty much left him out to dry uh, with this Deshaun Watson. I mean, the fact that they went through free agency without allowing Baker Mayfield to lead to, to leave the team and be able to, to look for, for another option. I mean, it just, I, it, it just seemed like, yes, Baker Mayfield wasn't the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but we've all seen the Cleveland Browns uh, jersey, uh, court, uh, the quarterback jersey with, with 
the crossed out names for each quarterback after another, after another, after another. And he was the best quarterback on that list. He was the best quarterback the Browns have had in, in 20 plus years. So yes, he wasn't, you know, bringing the, the Browns to the promised land or anything like that, but he deserved a little bit more of at least some, some conversation from the Browns front office when, when it, when it came into regards to the Sean Watson story. And, and once they pulled the trigger on that move, I, I don't, I don't think it a Baker Mayfield has any, 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 any intention to ever play for the Cleveland Browns again. Yep. So uh, like TJ Watt, Miles Garrett's a beast, but can he play, but can he play quarterback too? Right. And, you know, one thing we honestly haven't, one thing we haven't talked about with the Browns is the, the one really nice thing that they had to help the quarterback position is bringing in Amari Cooper this season. I mean, Amari Cooper will be able to make any of those Browns quarterbacks look better. But the question is, is it going to be enough to carry this eight, nine, ten game suspension, maybe even full season suspension? And I just don't think so. Yes, Amari Cooper is a very talented wide receiver, but, you know, it's just whether I can Jacoby Brissett get in the ball. Can anyone who is going to be playing quarterback for the backgrounds this season get in the ball? And it doesn't really seem like it's going to be able to happen. But let me see. We've got pretty much hit everyone, haven't we? Yep. You know, what time, you know what time it is? I do know what time it is. Usually, you know. oh no. Usually, I'm usually I'm the one asking trivia questions. But today, Sir Alex is going. Sir Alex is going to ask the uh, trivia AFC North theme trivia question. Yes, so I do have one prepared. It's a two-part question. The first part, I believe, should be a breeze for you, Dylan. The second part, maybe not so much, but maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, so before further ado, without further ado, this, this question is centered around the Pittsburgh Steelers. So get your Steelers encyclopedia uh, running in that big brain of yours. Part one of the question is, who holds the title for all-time receiving yards for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I've got a question. Okay. Did he play quarterback in college? I believe so. Okay, Heinz Ward. Yes, that is the answer. Heinz Ward does have the most receiving yards for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is, you're not going to get this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. And I'm going to give you a hint to, for it, too. So, how many receptions throughout Heinz Ward time for the Pittsburgh Steelers did he have in his Pittsburgh Steelers career? How many catches? And I'm going to give you a hint. It is a very easy number to guess. 1248. I said an easy number to guess. It is a very clean-cut, even number. Okay, 1,300. Not quite. 14. I'm getting colder. 1,350. Still colder. 1,320. You're, you're not that close, Dylan. A little less, uh, less than that. Okay, 1,250. You're, you're inching there. You're not there yet. 1,200. Keep going. 
Eleven. Almost there. Eleven fifty. Nope, you wrong way. <laughs> Eleven twenty-five. You suck. Think very clean, even, easy, basic number. One thousand fifty. Oh, you're so close. A thousand. Heinz Ward had exactly one thousand receptions in his Pittsburgh Steelers career. Oh, you like. <laughs> and I knew, I knew part two was gonna be I knew part two was gonna be tricky, but I just felt when I looked that up and I saw that Heinz Ward had exactly a thousand catches for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I thought it was a, a, a cool little factoid that um that our fans might want to know. You never know. Now you, now everyone has a trivia question. Heinz Ward has had one thousand career catches for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, all right. Yeah, I know a bunch of Steeler fans, and they probably all they probably all remember the Heinz Ward catch he made in Detroit, where Antron ran around through the best pass of the game, maybe the Absolutely. only pass of the game. Yeah. So, uh, who wins the AFC North? I gotta go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they did enough with the with the offensive line, both exterior and interior. They've got the, one of the best top, either maybe top one at the very very least top three receiver cores in the in the NFL. Solid running game, solid defensive addition, solid defensive stalwarts himself. I think Joe Burrow just continues to get better. I think his chemistry with Jamar Chase continues to get better as better as it possibly could. I mean, at this point, and I just, I don't think the Ravens or the Steelers or the Browns have done enough or have enough to really be able to keep up the Bengals this season. Uh, you know, you know what the sound that cats make right now? <laughs> what? Meow. Well, guess what? Everybody was saying meow because we agree. I like the, Bengals to ring supreme the AFC North and be honest, I'm not sure it's close. Yeah. Who's got the best quarterback in the division? Joe Burrow. Who's got the best receiving core in the division? Cincinnati Bengals. And to be honest, I really whether you think Zach Taylor is a great offensive mind or not, the fact you've got Burrow with all those young weapons. It seems like Burrow's one of these guys just getting he's just getting better and better. And I feel like Cincinnati won't I may come back to the pack a little bit. I think Cincinnati did get a few scheduling breaks last year because the AFC North was so wretched. The fact that Pittsburgh and Baltimore didn't have that uh, Big Ben was on his last legs and the Ravens just capitulated with every injury known to mankind. Yeah. Since then, I took man, but still think it's the Bengals division. Yeah, no, look, last week we uh, we had a disagreement on the division winner. This week we're uh, on the same page. So uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we uh, were able to agree about something this episode, Dylan. And uh, I think you're right. I think Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if they'll be be in the Super Bowl again this year, but I definitely think they'll at least be in the playoffs as the AFC Bowl champion. Hey, you know what? Cat Scratch Fever might be playing Cincinnati again. Yeah, you're right about maybe, that. Maybe the Bengals won't wait 31 years for a playoff win. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they would be extremely disappointed if that was the case.
that would mean Joe Burrow would not win another playoff game in Cincinnati unless he's 76 years old. Well, 60, well, 56 years old, excuse me. Joe Burrow's about to pull a Tom Brady. Or George Flander. Yeah. <laughs> He'll pull a Gronk. Yeah. I still think Gronk comes back some at some point in this NFL season. We'll see, because because we're going to talk about one of Gronk's ex-teams next week. So thanks for talking AFC North, Alex. Uh, I'm surprised you kept you, you little rascals not, not uh, fumbling around the house by now. But uh, thanks, but thanks for hopping on. And uh, you ready to talk? And uh, you ready to talk NFC South next week? Yeah, you know, thank you again for having me on, Dylan. It's always a pleasure. A- NFC South next week. We got uh, a little bit of Brady talk, a little bit of Panthers, a little bit of Falcons. It's uh, who am I missing? Saints. The Saints. That's right. A little bit of the New Orleans Saints. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it next week. And uh, thanks again. You know, ends up.